Let's get back to the drive on the home of the Sens, TSN 1200. Now, it's time for Need to Know Basis. Welcome back to the drive. Lieber Sage, AJ Jackiebeck, Matt Conesvita, Dave Smart, Bob Dice. Coming up in the next couple hours, Sens game day. With Seattle music going on. Pearl Jam. AJ, before we get to Dave Smart, what do we need to know? Big one tonight for the Ottawa Senators in Seattle, looking for a win to keep pace with the likes of Pittsburgh and the Islanders, who play off uh, tonight as well. Some game time decisions health-wise for DJ Smith, according to his presser today. Wouldn't go deeper than that, but uh, expecting Mad Sogard in goal. 8 o'clock pregame, 10 o'clock start, all right here on TSN 1200. Sportico has reported that there are nine parties interested in purchasing the Ottawa Senators with some of the bids valuing the team at more than $900 million U.S. Optimism is growing in New York and the Jets camp in their chase for Aaron Rodgers. Good. You got the Briar, Manitoba. The last team unbeaten and doesn't look like they're losing today. They're up 5 nothing in the fourth on Northern Ontario. That's in Pool A. Pool B, Mike McEwen of Ontario in pretty good shape at 5-2. and two. Third behind Brad Gushu at 6-1, and one, Team Canada, and Brendan Botcher at 7-1. and one. Your favorite, Wild Card 1. Well, at least they're number one. They're like The team that's in first is Wild Card 1, so at least we can follow along with that, AJ. A little bit. And big one tonight, Carlton women open up the quarterfinals in Cape Breton on the road against the number eight seed, the hosts, as they take on the Capers. And that is what you need to know today. Excellent. Just add in quickly, uh, first round, the players, three Canadians in the top 20. Taylor Pendrith is third. How about a five under 67 for Taylor Pendrith. Uh, Adam Svensson, four under. Adam had him with a one under, but three Canadians in the top 20 at Sawgrass. The Players' Championship. We got them. Let's go to the Gabriel Pizza Hotline right now and welcome in Director of Basketball Operations, maybe even the General Manager at Carleton, the Ravens Basketball Clubs, and Consultant for the Ottawa Senators, and more, Mr. Dave Smart. Coach, how are you? Doing all right. Getting pretty excited about Thursday uh, non-major golf stuff, huh? Well, they call it the fifth major at the Sawgrass. Yeah, well, it's not. Players. It's, 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 just, it's just a tournament. But pretty excited on Thursday. It's impressive. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited for uh, two big games tonight that you're going to be excited uh, about. Uh, what's the, uh, I mean, you're you're off to Cape Breton right now. Is that correct? I am in Sydney right now. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. So you get to watch the game in person tonight, Carlton, yeah. and then you get to watch, what, the Sens on your phone afterwards? Yeah, I'll, well, I'll have it on the iPad during the game. Because, uh, yeah, I guess 8 is 7. So, yeah, they'll, they'll, we'll be done before the Sens game. So, yeah. I'll, yeah, that I'll, game uh, will be like 11 o'clock your time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's prime time for you. I know, 11 well, o'clock. I got I to get up at 6 tomorrow because our men play at noon in Halifax, so I'm driving back to Halifax for that. And how far is the drive? Uh, four hours. 
Okay. Four hours. Hopefully it doesn't snow. I feel like it after the drive here, if uh, it could be a little uh, interesting if it's snowing that drive. It's a, it's a nice drive, I guess, but uh, I don't think it would be a lot of fun in a, in a snowstorm. Uh, okay. Let's talk about, first of all, the women. Uh, we had a nice chat with Danny Sinclair. Uh, she was very gracious in her comments about you. I can tell you that. But uh, more importantly, you know what? Actually, let's hear it. Yeah, we got a long time with you, Dave. Let's hear. <laughs> let's hear what Danny Sinclair had to say about oh, Matt. Dave oh, Smart. Matt. There's nowhere else in the country where you have a, a general manager or an advisor like we have in in Dave Smart and someone that I can reach out to on a daily basis just for you know feedback and ideas and and that type of stuff so i mean it was an opportunity that i couldn't turn down um and it you know it's just been really special to be a part of gm can we call you general manager now <laughs> i'm not sure she understands she knows the role that i but, you know, advisor, advisor. Okay. Um, more importantly, the number one seed uh, going into the national championships, huge win at Queens, and uh, sounds like they're ready to go. What has happened here in the last couple of weeks uh, for the women to put them in this spot where they go in as the number one seed for the second time in history? I just think they, you know, they they lost a game that, that uh, I think they lost because they were trying not to lose as opposed to trying to win. And I think... They have a better understanding of the fact that, you know, when you get down to two games against good teams, you have to go out and win the game. You can't avoid losing it. And, and you know, and it, and it sounds simple, but, but it's not that simple. Like uh, people overthink things and, and they, they don't want to be the goat and, or, or sometimes they want to be the hero. Whereas there are no, like, if you want to win, there are no goats. There are no heroes. There, there's people, um, who are just playing the game aggressively with the purpose of winning, not trying to avoid the loss. And, and I think they've done that and they've been aggressive and, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's every time it's a new stage, like today is going to be tough. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing the host team in a sold out arena on like in, in Sydney, like at the nationals and with, with three freshmen who play a ton of minutes and are, very impactful and even their other players are, are pretty young other than them and uh, you know so how they how they deal with it will will uh, will be interesting i mean it's there's a lot of positives but you, you still gotta you still gotta be able to deal with the moment and and, uh, and play well in the moment but i think they've done that i think they've played extremely aggressive since that loss and they've they've played to win and they they've been really hard to play against and uh you know they're they're a fun team to to watch play. They're a fun team to work with, but I mean it's it's still you still got to you still got to deal with the moment. And it's sometimes sometimes there's a learning experience that comes in with it. Sometimes people get it right away. For a team that is relatively inexperienced uh, at this level, uh, how important is it to have a point guard that can carry the load like Callie Pokernick has? I think it's it's extremely important, and I think uh, you know she she's she's extremely tough minded, and she's extremely competitive, and and again you, you get in these situations, and it it comes down to I, I joked with someone the other day that that uh, we 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 lost to Lakehead one year in the OEA final, and we weren't very good, and for those five days before we played the game at uh, first game of nationals. We between Rob and I, we probably 
yelled the word fundamental fundamentals, you know, 9,000 times. And, and we didn't like, it's not when, when you get to a point where you're trying to win or go home against good teams, it's not about anything fancy. It's, it's about how solid you are at your fundamentals and how solid your fundamentals are and how confident you are in your fundamentals. You, we, we don't, you don't run a whole lot of, you have to run things that people are comfortable with. So you have to do it well and, and you have to be fundamentally sound. So, you know, it, it's, whether we can continue to do that with both teams, I mean, I think I think the men's team understand that, and I think they've had a good week of practice, and I think they they'll come in and and they'll be fundamentally sound. I, I, I especially on the defensive end and, and rebounding now, still got to make some shots, but uh, I think we'll be a different team, and I and I think our women have started doing that after that loss. So I, I, hopefully, we can continue. Big moments, right? Nationals are different than. A lot of other games, I know that you like to preach the fact that, you know, every game is the same and every game is the most important game. But, you know, when you watch the Nationals, it looks like the moment in the first five minutes, the first quarter, you know, people are trying to get used to the environment and the situation. How much is the Capitol Hoops uh, going in for the women, going into Queens, winning an OUA title and being in some different big moments for them, help them with what they're going to hopefully do this weekend? Well, it certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, you, you you want to be put in those situations as much as possible, and and you know have success or fail. I mean, sometimes you it's almost better to fail in those situations so you can make some adjustments. But uh, but as long as you're successful for the right reasons, then it, then it's then it's very helpful because you can you can have a calmness. I, I mean, what it comes down to is the the people who are most competitive win in these situations. You know, like, and when I say most competitive, I mean, you know, playing playing a playing a pickup game at at uh, ten in the morning at the park with with uh, five against five people you don't know is just as important to you as the national championship. If that's who you are, then you're got a better chance of winning when it matters. If that's not who you are, then you got you got less of a chance of winning because you're you're probably not competitive enough to get it done and understand that in order to get it done it's about it's about your base and your fundamentals and your your belief in those things the importance of a reset and i guess this would apply to both the ottawa senators and you know the the carlton men's team coming after you know the loss that the sens had monday against the blackhawks and the loss that the men had saturday against ottawa uh, just what what can a loss? I mean, we we've seen it before with your Carlton teams that you know when they've lost the OUA title. I believe in the last twenty years you've won every national championship since. Correct? Yeah, we. I, I was looking uh, at some numbers and and uh, in the in the if, like if we want if we if we win nationals this year, uh, that'll be seventeen in the last twenty and. We've only won. Uh, we would only have won twelve OUA championships at yeah. the same time, and the three times that we uh, three three of the times, well, all all three times that we uh, lost one, we 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 won the national championship. So, so if you take those three out, it's it, like we we really that game has helped us a lot. Now the difference is. I, not the difference. I mean, I, I can't. I can't speak for sure how how this team approached it. I, I, I mean, the the way it went down wasn't great. I mean, it, like this game, the, the OUA game 
we've just never taken it that seriously. We're trying to win it. Don't get me wrong. But guys are playing a few less minutes uh, so that they don't get too tired where they could get hurt. Guy, we're not doing anything that we might do at nationals that in case we see that team, because when you're in the OUA final, you're probably playing a team. Like, I think it's only been once where I felt like we were playing a team that we weren't likely to see at the national tournament. So when you're playing a team that you're going to see a week later, when the game actually matters, you're not going to do the things that you're going to do against that team, you know, especially against their best players um, in that, in that OUA final. And, and so when we've lost those games in the past, they've usually been reasonably close and, our guys know that we tried to win, but we weren't, we certainly didn't do anything special. We probably put less special situations into it than we did in the league games in the regular season game. Cause it meant less, you know, in terms of us getting to nationals, like the, 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 the hoops classic probably mean, mean meant more because if we had a loss that and lost at home, we could have lost our opportunity to wild card. So that game, those games mattered way more than once you're already at nationals. So you're trying to win, but you're trying to do it in a way where no one gets hurt and you don't show anything. So you don't lose a ton of confidence if that's the case. Um, and then when you lose the game, you get angry and you bring a different focus to, to practice Monday through Thursday. So you're probably more prepared on Friday. So it's not a fluke that those things have happened in the past. Um, you know, and, and it, now I don't think we're in a bad spot in terms of where we'll be rebounding and defending, like I said. I'm a little concerned, you know, just the way the way game went, that we come out and and have some success offensively, just get some confidence back um, on Friday. So that, that, that to me, is reasonably important. Um, just because it wasn't necessarily that close, and, and uh, you know, there's a reason. I, I'm not shocked that we lost. I'm a little surprised we lost by... The number we lost to, but I, but I, again, it's going to help in a lot of ways. It just hopefully the confidence level won't be hurt. Yeah, and look, you can't look ahead. And I think for a lot of people, not knowing a whole lot about U Sports basketball outside of the OUA, tell us a little bit about UQAM, University of Quebec at Montreal, and what so- sort of challenges they will present to you. Yeah, I mean they're 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 reasonably young in terms of being together. They've got a lot of physical talent, and they, they do a lot of things. They're a little inconsistent. They've been inconsistent all year. And, uh, but, but, you know, when they've been locked in, they, they do a lot of things, and they cause teams a lot of problems, and they're, they're hard to score on at the rim. You know, they, they get in the paint. They shoot it okay. Not great, but not bad. And they're kind of streaky. And uh, so, so they're dangerous. They're definitely dangerous. I do think if we are fundamentally sound that they're going to get, they're going to have some problems covering some of our guys and we get the ball moving a little bit better. We'll, we'll, we'll be very difficult for them to, to defend. And I don't know if they have any real answers without multiple guys covering, uh, uh, Aiden and, and Grant. So, you know, they they, they certainly have some, some strengths and they, they are definitely very dangerous. And when they've been playing their best, they, they've, they've played quite well. Now they're they're They've had some bad results as well. And that comes with youth and not being together as much and some inconsistencies. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we get, get that team tomorrow as opposed to one who's uh, feeling good and, and, and attacking. How different is the approach knowing that you could be playing 
three games in a row, right? It doesn't always end up that way. I mean, you want to be playing three games in a row, but how different do you approach the weekend or you just focus on that first game and go from there? You just, you got to focus on day one. And, and, you know, again, it, there's so little time in between, uh, in between games. This, this is why, why I say like, you know, the, the teams that, do a hundred different things game to game when they have a week to prepare for the next team. It, I mean, I get why some of them do it because it's, you, you got to do it because you're trying to find a way to get to nationals and that's kind of your goal. But if you're trying to win nationals, you, you have to, you have to have a way that you play and you have to play it consistently and you have to do things, you know, the, the, the way it needs to be done fundamentally and, and consistently, and you got to read and react as opposed to doing really different things game to game. Cause you got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you just don't have time to prepare. So if your team is not that type of team, it's really difficult to win. And, and we've, we've never lost a national championship. And I think a lot of the reason the national championship game, and the, I think a lot of the reason is, and most of the games haven't been very close. And I think it's because by Sunday, we've just played the way we play and, and we're, we're not, we're not making major adjustments to the opponent. We're making subtle adjustments and we've been making the same type of subtle adjustments all year. Whereas teams tend to try to make major changes to beat us because based on our team and our personnel, and they just don't have time to do it well. And if it doesn't go well early, they lose all confidence because it's something new. It's like anything else. If you do something for the first time, if it doesn't go well early, you lose confidence pretty quickly. So it, I think we have a huge advantage because we've, we understand the process and it's a yearly process. It's not a, it's not something that you can just change the week of the nationals. And we, we understand that our goal is to win the national championship and that's how, how we try to prepare the whole year for. So I think we're, we're in good shape if it gets to Sunday, but sometimes it's hard to get to Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, Friday, Friday's no gimme. And uh, Saturday's always, always, uh, always a good team. And in this case, you know, I, like it's, it's, it's going to be against Ottawa U, who just beat us, which I think would be an advantage to us. But, but uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see if they get there too. I mean, you have to worry about the first game first. I, I, I do want to ask you about opportunity, um, thriving in the spot, or feeling some of the pressure. You just mentioned the fact that if you win this year, Carlton will have won seventeen national championships in 20 years. It's it just, it's an insane number. Did, did the players feel that pressure? Did they take it as pressure? Do they take it as opportunity? Do they think about the bigger picture or are they too caught up in the moment? I think they're just trying to win the one they're in right now. You know, I don't think, I don't think history means anything when it comes to the games. You just play the games and you know, we, we, we have good players. So we, win a lot i mean it's 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 really not rocket science and and uh it's 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 kind of like i laugh about about uh the coach of the year for college sports and 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 how how people vote on coach of the year and it's like oh this is a difficult one who do we pick as coach of the year and i go who has the best record it's like what do you mean I go, well coaching at the university level is recruiting teaching motivation and in-game adjustments. You're in charge of all of it. You don't have a GM. You are the one who gets the players. Like, you literally get the players that you're coaching. So if you do a good job with bad players, well, 
are you really a good university coach? Because you need good players. You need to get good players and you need to do a good job with those good players and you need to develop those players with potential to becoming great players. And uh, like for me, it was always whether I liked someone, didn't like someone or thought someone got a lot out of the roster they got. I just voted for the guy with the best record. And if anyone said, well, how, how come you didn't vote for so-and-so? I go, cause he did a bad job recruiting and that's 50% of the job. So if he doesn't recruit good players, that's 50% of the job. So he shouldn't get coach of the year because he did a lousy job recruiting. Like just the record is the record. And, and, you know, we've had good players. It's, I think we've done a decent job developing those players. I mean, there's, there's number of ways that you get to having good players in fifth year. You, you recruit good players and they're already good. And you, you know, try to stay out of their way and let them develop the way they developed up to that point you get average players and develop them into being great players and you know like you 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 keep the culture where you need to keep it but the bottom line is once you get in these games generally the team with the best players wins (laughs) i i can only think of one year in my 20 years where the team with the best players didn't win and and you know like when when we lost to saskatchewan i mean maybe maybe the year Calgary won, Ryerson might have had the best players. Um, You know, other than that, the only other year that I would say, like, we were the best team the year that Brock won. Like, when Acadia beat us in double overtime, you know, we we shot the ball horribly. We played quite well, and we shot it, like, uh, at a level that we just never shot it at. We took good shots. Guys... We wanted shooting shot, and we lost by two in overtime. And, and other than that, I can't remember a time, maybe two times in 20 years, like when Ryerson beat us in the semis, they were probably better than us. And I, but they were probably better in Calgary too, and they lost. And when Saskatchewan beat us in the semis, they were definitely better than us, and they won. You know, the, the best team generally, generally, the t- team with the best players generally wins. So, so I think we still, with the men's side, I mean, it's closer. Uh, the gap is definitely uh, uh, closer this year than it has been in the past. But we still have two really good players and then another veteran guy in Connor who, who's very capable and has been through it. So, you know, we, I still think we have the best players. So I think we, we're still, we still have to be the favorite. But, but we're a little more vulnerable than we certainly were the last couple of times. Just on hosting it, I mean, I've been to two of the Nationals in Halifax. It's a great event. They support it tremendously. But uh, do you like seeing it moved around, and and especially when it's hosted in Ottawa and, you know, just with the support that we've seen for basketball in this community for the two uh, programs, uh, it it feels like a pretty good spot to to host. Yeah, I I, I think it's great that it moves around. I, I mean, it, I think it was great when we had it in Ottawa, I think. I think uh, they've done a good job when it was when was in Ottawa. I love it in Halifax. I mean, because I, I feel like everybody in Halifax likes me way more than anybody in Ottawa likes me. So it's I, when I walk around the arena in the in the hotel and stuff, people are way way friendlier when they see. That's me. important I, though to to a host city well, to, if they well, like you. That's that's I'm important. Just, I, I'm just saying for me personally, <laughs> right. like they don't know me well enough, so they all seem to like me more so it's 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 more fun i feel more comfortable whereas in ottawa it's like 
you know, I, I, it's hard to decipher who, who doesn't really like me at all and who, who will tolerate me. You know, when I, well, that's why I go talk to you guys. Cause I know you're not fans, but you don't like me that much, but you tolerate me. So at least it's someone I can talk to and not have to worry about. Right. Unlike our text messengers. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I love Halifax. I mean, I think they do a wonderful job with it. I, I, I enjoy it in Ottawa. I do think it's a little extra pressure when it, when it's in your hometown, but, uh, I like it in Ottawa, but but Halifax is is unbelievable in in, in my mind. I just think they say it takes so so much pride in it. So I, we'll see how it is in Sydney. I think it, I, they they seem pretty excited about it, but I haven't. You know, it's the first night. So I, we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. So the women play tonight, Carlton against Cape Breton, and then tomorrow the men, uh, Carlton against UQAM. Let's move to the Senators and. Look, this team has been playing very, very well. There's no question how well they've played. But when you have a game like what happened in Chicago, what is that like? Why for... do you always come with but? There's always a but. Well, did you watch I... the game in Chicago? I know, but it's always a but. I'm it's the last game. No, I'm no, just, I'm the... just saying no. that there's always a but. But we have to talk positive. about it. You have to talk about it. There's a lot of positives. There are, but none. Sometimes, Coach? Some, sometimes there's a glitch. Okay, so how about this? What was the positive from the five nothing loss against Chicago the other night? That it was only one game and not uh, multiple games. It's one game. Well, one yeah, game. We, we knew that before the game, though. It's, it's only a, it's one a, game. It's one game. Sometimes, like, don't get too excited over one win. Don't get too excited over one loss. Let's let's uh, give it give it give it some time. So it's, it's, it doesn't matter how you lose because it wasn't a wasn't a three two loss where you outplayed and outshot them. It was completely different than that. Does it matter how you lose? I think it matters, but I think it's an 82-game season. I, I just think, you know, like a, there needs not, there doesn't need to be a ton of shock value either way. Like, I don't think people need to get too excited one way or the other. I, I obviously we need to to win games to to stay in the playoffs. So we'll, you know, like you, you win win some games against some really good teams. You 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 have a bumping the road against a, a weaker opponent on the road, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it, if, if it's extended, then I think it's something to be concerned with, but in the short term, it's just, you know, like sometimes things don't go your way and then, then you lose some confidence and, and it's hard to bounce back and you don't get a bounce here or there. And all of a sudden uh, it gets away from you. It just happens. It seems like under DJ Smith, whenever there's been, a bad performance, the team tends to respond. Why do you think that is? Is that just the group, the leadership that is in the room that uh, understands when they have laid an egg that they, they need to come back uh, with a better effort? Or what have you seen? Well, I mean, you know my feeling on it. I mean, it's, I think DJ is, I think he's just a legitimate, honest guy who, who, you know, the players trust. I'm not, I'm not like, I I think the players like them a lot, but I think more important than like is they trust them. And, and, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't overreact with them. He doesn't, he, he, he has trust in them. Um, You know, you also know how I feel about Brady at, at his age, how incredible a leader he is just the way he, he approaches things. But Drew's been unbelievable. Like he, like he, in terms of, adding to that leadership ability with with Brady I mean it's it's so you know you've got you've got sort of 
three of the key people in bouncing back from tough situations being three people who just get it, who don't overreact. But, but, you know, I, I think where we've, where we've actually had more issues is when we've had a good run, all of a sudden having sort of a bad one here. And I think every team does that. It's just, you know, it's probably the, the thing that's a concern. I think when we, when we play poorly, we, because of our leadership group, whether it's the coaches or, or the players who are in the leadership group, I, I have very little concern about how they're going to bounce back and how they're going to attack the next situation. And, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's been Brady, Brady to me is the most impressive only because of his age. I mean, if he was doing this when he was 32, 33, I, I would, I would think he's doing a great job, but I wouldn't be as impressed. I just think, you know, I, I think just his upbringing, and what he's seen and, and, you know, just, just what he's been through in terms of hockey alone. I mean, uh, uh, I think he, he can put it in perspective, uh, bad games and big game, good games and not, not over, overreact to it. So, you know, he, he, it's, but it's pretty impressive because he's pretty young. I mean, Drew obviously came in as a veteran and he's, he's been unbelievable with Brady and, and the combination's been great, but I, I still think, without them trusting DJ at the level they trust DJ. And I think most of the guys really trust DJ and DJ. I think part of that is because DJ trusts them. You know, he trusts, he trusts those guys and he, and he, he asks those guys questions. You know, I mean, DJ has a freaking basketball coach who he asks things of and he, you know, does he take everything I say? No, but like DJ isn't, that guy, like a lot of bad coaches don't want to get better. They don't want to hear different ideas. They want to have people around them. And I said this before who are yes men or whatever, and yes women who were going to agree with them. He wants no part of that. He wants people to give him their thoughts and, and their concerns and their, the things that are good and bad. And he takes, takes it the way he wants to take it. He's the head coach. He knows that it's, it, it's ultimately on him, but his confidence level in his ability to coach and his willingness to get information anywhere he can get it, again, is just, it, it's not even about him as a coach. It's about him as a person. He's just an extremely confident person, so he's not afraid to defer. Right. And it's really important to be able to uh, take – a lot of people. And I, look, when you're not on this program, we actually say nice things about you. And one of the things that we talk about is the fact that you don't like a lot of yes people around you because you want people to challenge you. You want different ideas to consistently flow in uh, and intake it all. And then somebody's got to make a decision, but you want as much information as possible. And I think that's great. One of the things I also, that, I also really like confrontation. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but well, do you not like confrontation? I feel like you like confrontation too. I think there's a group of us here that don't mind it. How about that? Yeah. And that's why we find confrontation generally is entertaining. Yeah. That's why we, we all get along here. One of the things that would be uh, in, yeah, we do. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell you even as angry as I get with you. Um, Uh, with me, what about uh, AJ, AJ, like on his phone right now? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So coach, I did want to ask you about why would I be on my phone when you have all these gems, <laughs> the incorporation of, look, there's not a lot of margin for error, but there are important games coming up. And with new people that have come in and whether it's a Jacob Chikrin, 
You know, whether it's, you know, Mad Sogard going to have to step up with Kevin Mandelese in goal. Uh, Patrick Brown looks like he's going to play tonight. Uh, he's a new me- member of the team. Like, you're getting three, four new bodies in at really important times. And maybe talk through the coach and the leadership group of how they, you know, have to bring them in and incorporate them in such an important time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's 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 good to have, you know, a foundation of people who who understand exactly what we're trying to do over time and have been there for a while. But, you know, two things. Sometimes, you know, new people add excitement and add a, a, a re like, it's like the, the game in, in New York, like with all the things around that game, it, it adds excitement, you know, like, and, and it takes away from, it just being another road game, it turns it into, you know, a big, a big situation. And, you know, and the other part of it is when you're replacing, when, when not replacing, when you're adding players like Chikrin, well, it helps that they're really good. eh? <laughs> like it's, it's one thing if they're not very good, but if you're adding guys who are really good, you know, it's not such a bad ad, you know, yes. Is he is in the comfort zone that he will be in a year? No, but he's really good. So that, that helps. And, I think there's a lot of positives, but obviously, you know, when things start going bad, sometimes it's hard to find, get back to trusting in your fundamentals because you've got new guys. So I I think it's a, yeah, I think it's always a concern when you're, when you're bringing in new people, if it doesn't go well, you need to get back to your fundamentals and trust in your, and when I say fundamentals, I don't mean just, you know, like, fundamental passing and fundamental shooting. I mean, like fundamentals within your team concepts. And sometimes that's not as easy when things start going bad and you're, you've got some new guys, but on the other hand, sometimes the excitement of new guys having an opportunity and, you know, just so it's not groundhog day over an 82 game season. Sometimes that excitement leads you to have a good start and, and gets you in the right direction. So there's always good and bad, and you gotta you gotta be prepared for if it goes bad, how you make that bad as good as possible. I mean, it's it's like Taff always says, like he, he when I walk into his office and he rolls his eyes and goes, "Oh God," and I go, "Okay, I can leave," and he goes, "No, I want to hear what you have to say, but I know it's going to be worst case scenario. What's the worst case scenario, and how do we handle the worst case scenario?" and and Again, it's just being prepared for the worst-case scenario, hoping the worst-case scenario doesn't happen. For some of the people here, and I think of Thomas Shabbat, like they've been here a long time and they've been hearing about, you know, all year about meaningful games in March, and now they're here, right? And so for the guys that have been here, it's one thing if you just got here, if you're a Jacob Chikrin or you got here this year and you're a Claude Drew, but if you've been here three or four years, or in Thomas Shabbat's case, five, and you've been hearing about this, and, and now it's actually here, how, how do you ensure that you, you go out and, and kind of meet that moment when you've been hearing about it, but you actually haven't played in these types of games before, at least at this level, because he has played internationally in some big games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I mean, you, you kind of answered my, the way I was going to answer it. I mean, yes, it's the first time at this level, but in order for these guys to get to this level, they've been in these types of situations millions of times and, and had these feelings a million times. Like it, It's like I talk about the, the really good ones. 
you know, every, every situation, whether you're playing road hockey with your buddies or playing or playing in a NHL final, the, the really good ones, it's all the same to them. It's it, winning matters just as much in those situations. And, and, you know, it, it, it tends to lead to people saying, you know, it's, well, it's, it's for, for, in my case, it's like the, the queen, there's some guys on the Queens team who I think a lot of people from the Carlton camp don't like, and I really, they're my rivalry team. So I don't want them to win. And I don't particularly love the players, but I've sort of grown to like them a lot because most of their annoyances to me are because they're so ridiculously competitive. They do some ridiculous things to try to win. They will do anything to win. And in 2023, there are so few competitive people that I I feel like I have to appreciate these guys because I get more frustrated that there's so few competitive people out there when you finally find two or three who may drive you crazy with their antics, it's you still got to appreciate the fact that they actually are competitive. And I think for these guys, guys who haven't done it at that level, they, they've done it since they were 10. And, and you can say, well, it's different when they're 10. Is it? Like, it's still the same feeling. Like, you still, you're in these situations. And if it's big, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, when when I coach my 10-year-old in a, in a basketball game against a, like a, uh, Ottawa team that could be a rival because if they beat us, they might end up getting the better players out, out of the area. I'm just as nervous as I would be in a national final game. I, it doesn't change for me. And I've been in a lot of national final games. I, 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 winning is winning if you're super competitive and losing is losing if you're super competitive. And I feel my, my little guy, he, he, he's, super competitive and he gets way too nervous around games that that might not seem like a big deal to other people on the outside but when he gets older it's not going to be a different feeling and i think you know shabbat all these guys have been through all this all the way growing up you know like you know like we were at the brick with my little guy and the first thing he did was run to find out to see where brady's name was because brady's his favorite player and brady's name's there and you're going I'm pretty sure when Brady was in the brick, he was pretty nervous and he was pretty excited. And these games meant the, the world to him. And I get it. He was only nine, but that feeling is still the same feeling. And if you succeed in it at one point, you know, you can see, succeed at it at another point. So, you know, you kind of, I long winded the same thing you said, but they've been through a lot at different levels and at different maturity levels. And they're probably more equipped for it now than they were before. So, I, I think they're they're ready for it mentally. When and I don't know if this is the same, but it's the the best I can come up with here on short notice. You're either in the tournament, you're in the national finals. You're trying to win the national championship, and to do that, you're gonna have to win three times in three days. Is there a line of like playing your best players a lot and understanding you're trying to win three games in three days as opposed to one game in one day? Because I look at you know, where the senators might be here coming up and it's Thursday, it's Saturday, it's Sunday. And you wonder the games with the importance about how much, if guys aren't going, then maybe you need to sit them down. But at some point you, you play three times in four nights and you're going to need a lot of guys going. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, Josh Hart's uh, to me. I don't know if you guys saw that interview when the Knicks, 
lost uh, to Charlotte, and it was on a back-to-back. And he was asked about, uh, you know, they'd been playing so well, and they had a back-to-back, and it's like, were you tired? And he just said, tired? Like, I'm a professional basketball player, and I played 24 hours earlier, and I'm playing 24 hours later. How tired can I be? I wasn't up at 5.30 going to my shift shift work job for 12 hours and then coming home and taking the kids to, to sports. I, 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 I was on a plane in first class eating and sleeping. No, I'm not tired. I didn't play well and we need to play better. This back-to-back thing with what we go through is not, is not a reason to not play well. Not to mention, he said, everybody has to do it. So someone has to do it better than someone else. Why can't we do it better than the others? So, you know, and, and same thing, it's, I was talking to Matt Lengel last night from Colgate because they just made the tournament last night, and he was laughing. He's going, he, he goes, uh, I needed you there last night because when we were up 20 with uh, six minutes left, a couple, a couple of my assistants said, uh, hey, do you want to get uh, some guys in now and uh, and uh, get them to run since we're up 20? And, and he looked at them and goes, um, no, I want to play in the NCAA tournament. So we're going to make sure the game's <laughs> over before I decide to, you know, that the other team isn't good enough to come back with five minutes left, no matter who we put on the floor. Like if the guys we have on the floor want to play in the national, in the NCAA tournament. So let's just make sure we win this game. And, you know, maybe 20 with a minute left is going to be sure. But beyond that, we're just winning. So I think in this case, we need to win games. So you got to play players. And, and you know, like it, it, you do what you have to do. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's easy, the back-to-backs or the, the three games in Florida. It's not. But everybody in the league has to do it. And everybody's fighting for the same thing. So we, you just need to do it better than everybody else. Like it's, it's – and, and, you know – if if you can steal a game when you're on a back-to-back that someone else can't steal because they can't deal with the back-to-back, that puts you in a better sh- spot to make it. So, I, like, I guess if you're down 6 nothing going into the third period, you know, do you, do, you, do you rest, guys? Is that what you're doing in the third period when you don't play them much? Or are you sending a message that you didn't come ready to play today, so we're, we're going to let some other guys play and then you can hopefully figure it out for tomorrow. But I, I'm not really sure you're resting guys as much as you're just saying like, you don't got it. Let's go with somebody who might be in a better place than you. But if it's close, I think you got to find a way to win. No, I mean, every point matters. So you got to find a way to win. So you gotta, you gotta go with whoever you think can win. And if it means that it, it may hurt you a little bit the next night. Well, you, you got to take that chance. You got to give yourself the ju- best chance to win in the moment because you just don't know what the future brings anyway. Finally, a thought on uh, Jim Beheim and his career, a uh, guy that you coached against multiple times at Syracuse. Well, I mean, I think, I, like I, I said he, 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 earlier about, you know, what makes a good coach and doesn't make a good coach. I, I mean, it's it, all his detractors talk about, oh, they played zone, oh, they did this, oh, they did. You know what? He always had good players. And they almost always competed at a pretty high level. They always put themselves in a position to win. And again, it's 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 like, well, he had good players. He's supposed to do that. I don't know. Like at some point, like everybody talks about his personality being 
you know, the grumpy old man. Well, how grumpy old man can he be to get those players to go to Syracuse? No disrespect to Syracuse. I guess it is disrespect. But, like, where would you rather go, UCLA or Syracuse? Los Angeles, Syracuse, uh, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina, Syracuse, Florida, Florida, Syracuse. Where would you rather play? He's getting a lot of good players to a place that I don't know if a lot of good players would go on vacation. I've so, been on vacation in Syracuse. You, again, you're not a very good player. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, no one, no one's going to. I, I don't want to sound like uh, what's his name Noah uh, from uh, from uh, Chicago when they were in Cleveland. But I don't want to sound like him. But uh, where would you rather go to? To North Carolina to Florida to to uh, UCLA or to Syracuse. He's getting them somehow, yeah. and maybe he takes know, them to Fagans on a Wednesday night and flips for free beer. <laughs> <laughs> Won yeah, a lot maybe. of flips. I mean, I, I guess I guess that's how he could have got you, and that were really would have helped his record. <laughs> I was six at all, <laughs> but six uh, free Newcastles can't be that. You know, I, I, I mean, he, he took what he got and he did a lot with it and he did it for a long time. I don't know how, he, I don't know how you do it for that many years. So, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's impressive that he did it for so long and he did it at a high clip for so long. And, you know, I, I'm sure, uh, he's going to be, he's going to be a tough one to follow, but, you know, it, it probably was his time, but he, he certainly had a great career. Coach Dave Smart, uh, hopefully a great weekend for both. Well, early for the music, no? Like, you, you cut me off. Danny got more more playtime than I did on this one. Coach, it's 349. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, like, that's that's the producer getting in on you, not the two of us going, you know what, it's 349. We are backed up. Joe Kim Noah, by the way, Coach. Impatient. A little impatient with me right yeah. there. Yeah. Joe Kim Noah, by the way, Coach. Yeah, Quote, I said Noah. Yeah. But I, I got the quote for you. I don't know about this place, man. I just stayed in my hotel room. Every time I look out my windows, it's pretty depressing here, man. It's bad. It's bad. It's all factories. He was, he was not talking about Syracuse. He was talking about Cleveland. Correct. The number three Carlton Ravens men's basketball team at noon Atlantic, 11 a.m. Eastern. Take on UQAM. And tonight, it's the Carlton Ravens women's team taking on Cape Breton and it's the late game tonight in front of a sold out crowd. Uh, we wish your programs the best of luck this weekend and we do appreciate your time on a very busy week for you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. Do you want me to do weather and uh, traffic even though I'm in Sydney? No. Okay. <laughs> Cheers, Thanks, Dave. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> there goes Dave Smart and the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. Gabriel Pizza, the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, we do have to go uh, late for a couple of breaks here. Labor stage. AJ Jackie Beck, Matt Connors, Vita on the drive on TSN 1200. Let's get back to the drive on the home of the Sens, TSN 1200. Welcome back to the drive. Labor stage. AJ Jackie Beck, Matt Connors, Vita. Ottawa in Seattle tonight. Uh, before we hear from Dylan Gambrell, Seattle boy. Back in his hometown. Let's give away some tickets. 67s in the Peterborough Peets. March the 24th. Caller 12. Right now at 750-1200. Star 1200 on the Bell Network. 
four tickets to go see the 67s and the Peterborough Peets coming up on March the 24th. Caller 12, 750-1200, star 1200 on the Bell Network at Through to Mac, Connors Vita. Let's hear from the Seattle boy, Dylan Gambrell. Anxious to get right back in here after Monday's game. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, like you said, just get back on the horse, get back to the way we've been playing. That's been given a success, and um, you know, I think the guys are excited for a good game tonight. You're looking forward to playing here at home. Yeah, definitely. Always great to to come home and play and, and see family. Luckily, we've been here a couple of days, so uh, it's been a great trip so far. And uh, you know, excited to play in front of some family and friends. Ex- uh, expecting many people here tonight. Uh, it'll be a good amount. Yeah. Some family, some friends, uh, maybe 10, 12, 15 people. So, yeah. What's the message that has to be sent here coming off the game against Chicago and at the same time playing a team that's tops in the NHL production-wise at 5-on-5? Yeah, I think it's just it's all about us and getting back to the way that we play. Um, That's been giving us success, you know, the last six to eight weeks. So um, just doing what we do that gives us success and, um, you know, doing it hard. Against a team like Seattle that can really score in bunches, how important is it going to be to play that fast style of play that you guys have really adopted? Yeah, I think it's huge. Um, you know, just doing all the little things right that gives us success and, um, you know, the little details and, and doing it over and over again and, um, you know, just sticking to that is what gives us success. All right, Dylan Gambrell, going to be part of, I think, AJ, you've talked about it, the bottom six is going to be a key tonight for the Senators because we know Seattle's bottom six is going to be very good. You take even, right? Yep. Sure they don't would. have to score, but they better not get scored on. And that's not going to be easy when you look at third and fourth lines. It would be like second and third lines elsewhere. Everyone from line one to line four can score. Everyone's got 20-plus points. Not going to be an easy game tonight, but see if the Sens are up to the task. When we come back, we'll hear from Jacob Chikrin. We will talk to Bob Dice, head coach, the Ottawa Redblacks. But Matt Conesvita, who was lucky enough to get through to you on a Thursday afternoon to win themselves some 67 tickets? Not only lucky enough to be caller 12 today, also lucky enough to be standing next to AJ in Athens last night. Steve McDougal. Wow! Caller 12. Enjoyed the game last night. Daily double. There we go. And uh, yeah, caller 12. Very excited to be going See, to the 67s game as well. It's good karma, right? Sure. What do you think for Steve would be better? I think last night maybe in Athens. Agreed. I, I mean, think, 67s are great. I think his week has already peaked, yeah. and now the gravy train continues. There's just, it's not that the 67s aren't great. They are. But the opportunities to go and stand beside AJ just aren't as frequent as you know 67 home games. There's going to be a lot of them during the playoffs because they're going to go on such a deep run because they're such a great team. The frequency will be there. Yeah, I've been to three so far. And I plan on going to a lot more, hopefully a deep run. Glad he won. I I feel like that's good karma, right? Yeah. feel like someone's coming to the game to watch the Kempville U18s on Saturday. They got a pretty good chance at winning a contest. I think good things come in threes, Steve. AJ, 67 tickets. Get into the lotto. Do something else. All right, take a break. 580 CFRA News Update. Come back with what you need to know. 
And again, we'll hear from Jacob Chikrin and talk to Bob Dice in the next hour here on The Drive on TSN 1200.